Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the AC Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Mike Luke, joined by Ben White and the venerable William Brad Alice. All right, Arizona wins today by one point, but I'm going to tell you all this right here. This was, I believe, the game that needed to happen for a variety of reasons. I do believe that um, it's fair to say that uh, at this stage, we know who JDL is, and with all due respect, he's not good enough. Not saying that Noah Fafita is good enough, but guys, this was the performance that I think we needed to see. There needs to be a quarterback change right there. Ben, then Brad, what do you guys say? Well, the good news is Arizona won. Uh, The bad news is it was much closer than it needed to be. the story is obviously going to be the quarterback situation, the injury to JDL. Noah Fafita comes in right away, looks calm, looks collective, looks good, gets Arizona back in that game in a really odd game just to begin with. I thought offensively they weren't able to do a whole ton, especially in that first quarter. That's been a trend this year, granted, but mm-hmm. it carried over to the second half and just how bad Stanford has played and what we've seen so far, it was just puzzling just to watch some of the struggles and to your point Mike before JDL got hurt a lot of missed throws a lot of questionable throws um, just a lot of indecisiveness from him and it was really a a bad version of JDL out there and unfortunately the injury happens Noah Fafita comes in and you're exactly right I mean regardless of what happened here the story of the game is going to be the quarterback situation and and how do we go from here William Yeah, I mean, and JDL was not, I mean, he, two touchdowns. I mean, that's what he was responsible for, right? I think it was. Um, he threw bad passes. He held onto the ball too long. He looked like he had no idea where to go with the football, so then he'd run around crazy trying to do his little street ball routine. And, you know, that works once a game, twice a he, he did over and over, and it looked like he checked down into the wrong play a few times. The, there was the play where he almost threw the pick on the sideline, and they said, well, he expected Lamonius Craig to turn outside, and he went inside. You know why he went inside? Because there was two defenders on the outside boundary. I mean, it's right. – yeah, I mean, I have not seen anything from JDL this year that really – except maybe part of the second half against Mississippi State that makes me think, okay, um, even if you look at it, yeah, I know it's a small sample size, but Fafita, four for four, uh, 47 yards, 11 yards, a completion. JDL was six. Um, so I would have no problem if they turn it over or if they want to go. And I, and I usually hate this, the platoon system just to have Fafita prove he's the guy. But I think when you combine everything, the, the, the play, these first four games, 
the lack of development that I've seen from JDL. You throw in the issues this week with the judge in Hawaii. Maybe it's time to just turn that page. I think sometimes coaches get a little bit of a blind spot for certain players. And I think Rich Rod certainly did this with Brandon Dawkins when it was clear that Brandon Dawkins wasn't good enough to be a quarterback at the U of A level. Khalil Tate comes in and immediately people are asking why in the world wasn't Khalil Tate playing? I think there's going to be a little bit of this here with JDL and Noah Fafita. I'm not saying that Noah Fafita is going to take college football world by storm, but at the same time, I do think that there's going to be an aspect of why wasn't this guy out here? Because again, JDL, let's be honest here, has not been good at all this season. And I don't know that he has the credits built up to be able to go through this. Noah Fafita came right in, looked far more comfortable than JDL has this entire season. And I think this could be a little bit of that um, uh, Brandon Dawkins, Khalil Tate 2.0. I'll say this. Well, Dawkins was probably better than JDL. People forget two weeks before he got hurt against that. Colorado – Dawkins put 60 up against UTEP. Um, Dawkins was fine as long as his feet were set. When his feet weren't set, he was awful. But he was um, a turnover machine, Brad. He had like six turnovers against Utah that following week. Yeah. He, no, Dawkins was not great, but Dawkins obviously knew the offense better than Khalil Tate ever learned the offense. But I'm not sure I can say that about Fafita and JDL because JDL is not uh, overly comfortable in this offense, which is why he keeps running backwards. This is a quick read, quick release offense. This is a very pro style with even some elements of the West Coast. And he's trying to play like, well, frankly, like Khalil Tate, who's not allowed to run forward. So, yeah, I, I would have no problem with, with turning it over to Fafita because he does look comfortable. Now, you know, we don't see him practice. We don't know what, you know, what, what's being done, whether he struggles in meetings. But I like what I've seen from Fafita, and I would have no problem handing the reins to him. Okay. Uh, yeah. And I think that's got to be the case. It is. I can't tell you how many times I've had parents reach out to me um, and uh, players that are on this team saying that, listen, when this kid goes onto the field, he's not coming off. He said, I don't care how he's looked in practice. I don't care what it is. This kid is a total gamer and he is a gamer of epic proportions. Um, and these are people, these are highly ranked wide receivers out there. These are, are these are highly ranked players that have watched this young man since he was a child. And they've all to a man said the same thing, that this is a better quarterback than Jaden Delora right there. They're not dissing Jaden Delora, but they're saying he understands football in a way that Jaden Delora doesn't understand football. And not only does he understand football in a way, he is somebody that gravitates toward or that players gravitate towards. And I think you saw that out there. This is a guy that hasn't played all season. He comes in in a meaningful drive, an incredibly meaningful drive, and marches Arizona right down the field for a touchdown. And when they need to put the game out of reach, he's the one that completed it. Guys, Ben, this is the dude that it, this needs to be his team going forward. Well, it, it's it's hard to argue with what he did today. Um, the sample size is, is still small, but I would argue without him, you don't win that game. I mean, JDL was in a situation where he wasn't able to drive the ball down the field at key times. Like Brad said, was missing easy throws, was forcing throws, should have thrown a pick six, only had one touchdown. When you look at the stats, I mean, nothing impressive, 14 to 26, one TD. And it really wasn't even that impressive from a number standpoint. I, the one thing that really threw me off is 
I just didn't understand why Arizona didn't establish the run early. Um, that's one thing that really, I think, held them back, especially in that first half. It seemed like Jaden Delora, for whatever reason, like we talked a little bit about against Mississippi State, he comes in with this mentality of we're going to throw the ball. I'm going to make the big play. I don't care what it takes. Right. If we make mistakes, we make mistakes. And look, it's not all JDL. It's the play calling as well. But from a comfort standpoint, he just doesn't look comfort comfortable out there. Um, and Brad, you made the point on Twitter. I'd be curious to see, and it's hard to tell on TV, but when you're there, I'd be curious to see just what that backfield looked like. If these receivers were truly covered, if there was nowhere to go with the ball, because the only thing in his defense really on a lot of these throws would be, well, maybe there's nowhere to go with the ball. Um, just wasn't able to get the ball downfield consistently. And, and the thing that really hurts you is even the checkdowns, even the five, six, seven yard passes, he wasn't either either willing or able or both when it comes to doing that. So when you're not able to move the ball fluidly, I mean, Jed Fish has talked about it. Just play smart football. We've got the weapons. We've got the receivers. We've got the running backs. Um, make the one read, make the easy read, and keep things moving. And when Fafita came in, he didn't do anything spectacular, but he managed the game, and he kept the ball moving. That's something JDL couldn't do today. I will say this. I think in, in, in my book, spectacular is running out the clock because we've seen Arizona teams unable to do that. So the fact that he made those two big completions, um, you know, the one that I think it was Callen stepped out uh, a couple instead of maybe, and maybe that's a safe play. Uh, you know, you don't want to dive for the pylon or for the, the marker. Um, but I will say this again, Someone in the chat just pointed out, they're like, why are they so conservative with the zone read? That's not they. That's the quarterback. The quarterback, right. the zone read is a read. Um, and he's supposed to read the end or and or the you know the the, the linebacker, depending on what, what the read is on that play. Secondly, I don't know for sure, but I would say this. If Jed Fish's offense is like most NFL offenses, it really is JDL who's who's checking out of runs or not checking into runs. And there was a play where they just had a good, pretty good run. And two plays later, I can't, six in the box. What does that tell you? Check down to the run. And he didn't. He threw and he threw a bad pass. Um, I would be very interested. If we do get to see Noah Fafita next week, uh, whether that's because he wins the job or because JDL's hurt, uh, which he might be. He's in a boot. Now, boot is also precaution. So take that for what it is. Does he throw to more receivers? Because tonight was what five, five completions to different receivers, um, right, yep. and only two wide receivers. I guess three wide receivers, uh, a running back and a, and a tight end. Um, seven to Cowing, and then yeah. So that, you got to spread the ball around more. I'm sorry. Um, if you've only got two receivers you're going to throw to, guess what teams are going to start doing? Double teaming those receivers making you check down, making you get conservative. And, um, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's a Jed Fish thing. My gut feeling now after after the sample size is it might just be a JDL thing. He may just lock in on to a couple guys. I think it's a JDL thing, and there's a variety of reasons here. Now, listen, I mean, JDL definitely doesn't stink. I'm not saying that. But Washington State was more than okay with moving on from him and bringing in a quarterback from Incarnate School or whatever that – Oh, Incarnate had an school. amazing game today, by the way. Oh, I know, I know. I, that's <laughs> not meant to diminish him at all whatsoever. But he was the Pac-12 freshman of the year, and they were more than okay with moving on from him. The other thing that I would also uh, mention, though, with Fafita is Fafita looks comfortable out there. 
JDL looks kind of – there's way too many times with JDL where he looks like a chicken with his head cut off, where – even if guys are open, he's not throwing it to him. He's running around. He's making all kinds of odd decisions, to put it mildly, out there. How many times was he running around for twenty yards and then trying to pitch the ball past the line of scrimmage so it wouldn't be a uh, so it wouldn't be a, um, a, a a grounding penalty? Fafita comes in there, and there's a lot to be said again for coming in there and being comfortable. He just looked like he had been there before, even though he hadn't been there before. I, I think if Jed Fish, and again, this is this is coming from somebody that is a big fan of Jed Fish, but I think if Jed Fish were to start Jaden Delora next week, he would start to lose people in this city. I really do. Well, I mean, from a black and white standpoint, right? Because unfortunately a lot of times we know football is not black and white but sometimes coaches they have their bias they have their guys right they look at things from a black and white standpoint if arizona loses this game if they lose um some of these other games right if we're in a deeper hole than we are right now um maybe it's a little bit of a different story i think with washington it's interesting because even if jdl is healthy and he plays and he has a bad game is the narrative or the takeaway from the coaching staff going to be, it was Washington. We didn't expect to win this game. They had everything on us. We didn't expect JDL to do a ton or no JDL played really bad Four interceptions, et cetera. We got to make a change. So we just have to see, you know, the way that this coaching staff is going to respond um, based off what, you know, fish said after the Mississippi state game, there wasn't much of a flinch there. JDL is the guy, but like you said, Mike, um, we all know that, if you keep going out there and if this team is even a little bit slightly better than what Stanford is today, they probably lose this game. If JDL is the quarterback the whole time, I don't believe so, Arizona wins this game, Brad, if JDL stays in there the whole game, what, uh, what do you think? Brad, do you want to take that question or Ben, would you like that question? Brad, I don't I, believe I got you, you guys broke up on me. So I don't know if it's my connection. No, you're good. Um, I don't believe that Arizona wins that game if JDL's in there the entire game. I don't believe they win that game. Yeah, and I and again, JDL, it's weird because I, you know, I, I his stats are actually better completion percentage-wise until today. Today, he just looked like he did not know what Stanford was throwing at him. He looked woefully unprepared for the coverages, um, which is why you got the running around with your chick, head, chicken cut off, why you got him pitching the ball out of bounds, why you got him throwing in early on throwing odd passes into bad coverages. You know, he's a guy who came into the game throwing almost 70% of his passes completion. And today he was at 50, low fifties and just looked confused. Um, so again, I don't know if that's the, and that's to me the, the biggest thing he has. The, he's a gifted athlete, but give me a smart quarterback who knows where to go with the ball. than a guy who can force a few throws and maybe make a big play with his legs. My guess is, yeah, Fafita's not going to run around like that. He's going to get sacked a few times if Delora doesn't. But he's probably also going to hit that five-yard out when that's the only thing available and keep the chains moving, uh, which this offense is really designed to do. This isn't a big play offense. This isn't a, a, a big strike offense. This is five minutes, 12 plays, 70 yards, and you, and you cap it with a three-yard Wiley run. That's what you kind of need to do. All right, we got to uh, Brad. I want to hit on something else you said here because we have Tony Jones, uh, uh, father of a player on this team. We've been saying this all year. You've got to play more than three wide receivers. And I don't know if it's a JDL thing or whatever the case may be, but in my opinion, 
Kevin Green, AJ Jones, Malachi Riley have to be in there more. You can't just play three wide receivers the entire season. I do believe two of Jet or if uh, Noah Fafita is the quarterback, I do believe that this is going to be uh, it's going to be spread out more because I also have a hard time believing that just two guys are open the entire time. Maybe that's the case. I don't know, but I would be very curious as to what Noah or uh, Jaden Delora is actually seeing out there. Ben. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, part I of think, me wonders why, again, you threw the one running back. You... Brad, why don't you, why don't you try to hop back in here? You're definitely buffering right here. Why don't you try to hop back in here? Okay. Let me take off. I'll okay. come back in. Yeah. Okay, Ben. But that's but, but, Ben. Yeah, to your your point though, Mike. I think it's I think it's somewhere in the middle. Um, I think just with the options you have out there, and especially when they go, you know, four or five wide, right? There's a lot of guys out there. I have a hard time believing that there's not somewhere to go with the ball. Um, I they showed it at one point, and and Yogi Roth made the point in the red zone where Arizona came short, and it's just timing. I think for JDL, I think you drop back and like we talked about with this offense within three seconds, you need to be able to get rid of the football most of the time. And um, he missed, uh, I think it was a wide open. Um, I forget who the receiver was at the time, but he missed a wide open receiver. Right. Um, I think JDL is somebody who likes to sit back there. I think he needs a little bit more time. I don't think he reads the field all that particularly quick. Um, I think that's something he struggles with beyond one or two receivers because um, we saw today with T-Mac. I mean, we almost saw a pick six there. Um, the guy is notorious here. We've seen at Arizona for staring down receivers. I mean, that has been a problem for him. So I think it's a combination of, you know, maybe some receivers aren't open, but I think that's maybe 10, 15% of it. I think the other, you know, 85, 90% of the situation is JDL just maybe doesn't feel comfortable with those reads. Um, when his number one or even number two guy isn't open, he doesn't think quick enough to either use his legs or check it down. Um, and then we see these types of situations where he's trying to force the ball downfield or he's getting swarmed, he's getting sacked, he's not stepping up soon enough in that pocket uh, to run. So many first downs today could have been had, especially in that first half, if the guy just stepped up and ran four, five, six yards. So let's to talk, me, JDL is leaving a lot on the table. Let's talk about using your feet here a little bit because that's exactly where I was going to go. But first, BetMGM. Here's the deal. Sign up for BetMGM. Use bonus code PHNX. Place your first BetMGM sportsbook wager through a, a BetMGM sportsbook mobile app of at least $10. You will receive $200 instantly in additional winnings regardless of your wager's outcome. Check out the show notes for details. You might be somebody you might think, "Man, Mike Luke, this guy is a total putz. He knows nothing." you're probably right. You know what you do then? Go against what I'm telling you right here because either way, you're probably going to make some money. But also, let's hear from uh, the great Shane Diefenbach with the disclaimer. Problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y 467-369-NEW-YORK. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. <laughs> All right, Ben, you you hit on it. And Brad, I want to get your take on this. JDL also leaves a lot of yards on the table by not running the ball. There are so many times where you look ahead and you can just tell by watching on the uh, just tell by watching on TV. Dude, there's a first down right in front of you. 
And for whatever reason, he doesn't want to make that run. But this is something now that we've been dealing with for almost a year, a season and a half now, where that's something that's just inherent in him, that he's not looking to make those runs that are right in front of it. Yeah, I think the play that sums it up, there's one where he kept going backwards, where if he avoid, you know, does that little curl move and then steps right up, he picks up at worst, he gets to the line of scrimmage. He's probably got seven, eight yards. Instead, he went back 30, 35 yards and then threw it out of bounds, but maybe not to the line of scrimmage, but might have been out of the tackle. And Stanford coaches got irate. Just step up. Um, again, even if you're just going to get two, three, four yards, unless it's like third and 20 and, and you, you know, you have to have the play. But sometimes you just need to take the easy play and get those five yards, get those seven yards and keep the drive moving or keep the chains from being backed up. Um, because second and seven is better than, for, you know, second and 10. It sounds stupid, but it is. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is. It's really kind of that simple uh, for me. Well, also, too, and we're going to get to the uh, defense here because there's a lot of good and one very bad thing to take away from the defense right here. But the other thing, too, with Fafita is you just have an idea that he knows what the coaches want from him out there, that he looks like he's under control. And, and I'm going to keep coming back to this. There was a little bit of a poise factor there that you just don't see. You haven't seen from other uh, that you haven't seen from JDL at all, where Noah looked looked like he belonged out there. That's not an easy task for a guy who hasn't played, who essentially hasn't played on a football field in the last season and a half. And he came right in there and he, he ended that game for the Wildcats right there. He did exactly what he needed to do. That is not something JDL's doing. No, and then Jetfish even said after the game, uh, AG put this up on Twitter, um, just talking about Fafita. It doesn't surprise me at all. He's unbelievable in terms of his preparation, in terms of focus, in terms of how much he loves football. There was no flinch. He knows what to do out there. So that goes to all you need to know when it comes to what the coaching staff thinks about him. He is the future um, for this program. I get there's other QBs in the mix, but I think the coaching staff feels pretty confident in rolling with him the next couple of years. And at least that's the vision right now. Um, and then on the JDL front, like you said, Mike, when you're, when you're leaving easy yards on the table, when you can just step up and run, when you can just check the ball down and get first downs, uh, this offense is built with the weapons it has to move the ball really easy. You have to find a pretty hard way to screw that up. And that's, what's been so unfortunate about JDL is that regression from this year to last year. And we saw glimpses of it last year, but I at least felt, you know, going towards the end of the second half of last year that he was making some improvements. And aside from that UTEP game, because I think it's hard to take away a lot from that just because of the, the nature of the comp uh, competition there. But aside from that UTEP game, I think he's gotten worse. Yes, he's 1,000% has gotten worse. We'll, we'll get back to JDL, but also let's talk about the defense a little bit. But first, Circle K. Ben White, Brad Alice, when was the last time you've been to Circle K? Come clean, come clean. Uh, yesterday when I had to get up at 6 a.m. to do a radio show with you. That's what I like hearing. William Brad Alice, when did you last go? Yesterday. All right, that's what we like to hear. Join the inner circle for free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit circlek.com for details right there. Salim Stoudemire, uh, we appreciate that, Jacob Franklin, right there. Um, all right, defense. 
overall, I am ecstatic with where this defense is. We're going to get to one very glaring um, (laughs) issue, but the defensive line, I find good. They're able to get after the quarterback. There are linebackers also very impressive as well. Um, D, the DBs, the corners, I thought were uh, were good. Um, there were a couple drop touchdowns, which obviously helped Arizona. I thought the uh, the uh, the defensive pass interference on uh, Takario Davis, I thought that was a terrible call. But overall, I got no problem with the defense through four games, guys. As a matter of fact, I think the defense is much uh, is much better than I could have expected. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, there's a little bend no break there today. Uh, obviously, they benefited from the missed field goal, but they also got robbed of the interception in the end zone um, with, with that really questionable P.I. call. Um, the fact of the matter is, what, Arizona scored 21-1. and one. Um, Right. That's, yeah. they, they gave up 20. Should it have been 23? Okay. Still, either way. You give up 23 in the Pac-12, you should be winning football games. And, and the defense right. has played pretty well. You know, they had some issues here and there today, but for the most part, they were really good. And a lot of Stanford's best plays were, ironically enough, their quarterback stepping up in the pocket because the pass rush was coming and picking up those extra yards. Um, the thing we were just lamenting JDL for not doing, um, you know, Bachmeyer, I guess he's a better receiver than his brother is a quarterback. Um, but <laughs> overall, was I was waiting for somebody to make that comment. That was funny, William. <laughs> overall, uh, they gave up 20 points in a Pac-12 road game, and uh, that's what you need to do because today the offense didn't have it. Yep. All right, Mike. Gunnar Malnado, I'm not going to say anymore. All right. The floor is yours. Gunnar Maldonado, I get that he had forced a fumble last week. I totally get all that and that he ran it back for 22 yards. But at the end of the day, Gunnar Maldonado is not good enough to be out there on the football field. Every team knows where Gunnar Maldonado is at every single point, and that is not a good thing. Against Mississippi State, he didn't play in the first half. Guess what happened in the second half? The first time Mississippi State got the ball, they ran right down the field and scored a touchdown going right after Gunnar Maldonado. Stanford clearly was targeting him the entire time. Again, I'm sure he's a great kid, but Maldonado's Maldonado's got to be off the field right here. The defense has made too many strong improvements to have such a weak link out there. Maldonado, in my opinion, has got to uh, be moved to the bench. It's interesting. Yeah, I can't. I mean, ahead, he gets the tackles. He's, he, he makes tackles, but he's getting burned in coverage. So I can't see that the, you know, maybe he has a better knowledge of the schemes and some of the other guys are. Don't, some, I don't care. At, it's some like point, people- at some point, though, yeah, he's becoming a liability. And I don't care how smart he is or good a kid he is or how well he tackles. I'd kind of be willing to give him maybe two broke missed tackles, you know, broken tackles a game if it means two or three less receptions to his guy. Um, I think that's the trade-off. And the problem, too, Ben, is that teams are going after Maldonado. They know exactly where he is on the field. And time after time, game after game, he is being targeted. Again, I get that he forced a fumble. That was awesome. Totally appreciate all of that against against UTEP. But when you're giving up, when you're the first person around literally every midfield, sideline, downfield completion – you got to get off the field at some point there. And I don't know what the answer is, but I can definitely tell you it ain't him right there, Ben White. Well, you've got to rotate. I mean, you've got to do something. Like Brad said, it's missed coverage has been the MO. But even today, 
he had a few missed tackles that resulted in some yards after the catch that shouldn't have been the case for Stanford. And what really worries you is not only do they know where he is, but they're going to put their best receiver or offensive threat, and they're going to scheme it in a way where that receiver is going to be exactly where Gunner is. And that's a disaster when you think about the receivers that Washington has, when you think about the receivers that USC has, when you think about even some of the receivers that um, teams like UCLA have, right? It's It could get ugly. It could get ugly. And I think – Obviously, Norton was missing today. The defensive line, for the Who? most part, held their will. Who was but missing? In that, uh, Say Norton. Norton. Big Bill Norton. Bill Norton. Norton. Big okay. Bill Norton was missing today. They held their will. But I think that secondary, it could be a glaring issue down the line, especially on these big plays. There's no reason a team like Stanford that has – no fluidity on offense whatsoever. They don't even have a quarterback. They were rotating Daniels and Lamps in the, yes, the good majority of that game. And there's no reason that a team like that should be going out there on third and 15, third and 12, third and eight, and converting those big plays that they did. The only reason that happened was because of Gunnar Maldonado. And that's not a good thing. By the way, I'm not going to brag too much because I'm generally wrong about everything. Credit to Mike for calling it with Fafita's poise before the season began. Even the simple slide after first down. The simple slide, exactly. That's what we like to see. Again, when you have as much talent as there is on this team, you don't need to go out there and try to play hero ball, run around 45, uh, 45 yards, and then chuck it out of bounds. Take, again, take what the defense gives you, take the easy pass, and you will be rewarded for it. That is 100% what needs to happen here for the University of Arizona Wildcats and Mr. Noah Fafita. Well, here's the thing. I mean, you know, the one thing that people keep saying about J.D.L. is he's got this arm strength. Yeah, he's got a cannon. He can throw a, a, the deep ball. He just can't connect on the deep ball very often. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm more than willing to take – 10 to 15 yard passes and just was, you know, I mean, essentially, and we saw that play that they, she threw the touchdown pass to the tight end. Justin Spears did a great job putting up the exact same play by Shanahan. Um, yeah. Guess what? Shanahan's offense, Brock Purdy ain't throwing 70 yard touchdown passes. It's not pretty. Is it? Yeah. Jimmy G vanilla. did not throw 70 yard touchdown, but guess what they do? They hit Debo the Samuel ball. underneath. They yep. hit uh, Brandon Ayuk underneath. They find the tight end. Oh, wait, Christopher Caffrey's operating in space. You can run that with any – I'm not saying Arizona's players are as good as those guys, but you can run that offense. Um, it is a grinded – not even say grind out, but it is a high-volume, efficient offense, which is what Arizona has done when they've scored. But the problem is all too often they're stalling somewhere between the 35 and the 50. Um, so that's what you need – and so if, if Fafita can be that guy, spread the ball around, get those five yards. And, you know, if he had, and today he was 11 yards per completion, but if he can be seven yards per completion, no turnovers, occasionally make a, a big play on third and, you know, third and down, I'll take it. Cause I think again, just get the ball in the hands of some of these guys. And eventually you're going to get some big plays with their legs, not with your arm strength. Also, one thing we need to see more of, and I'm going to keep calling for this, we need to see more fam out there. 
Fam, when he gets the ball, has a little bit of a burst, a little bit of explosion that nobody else does. I would like to see Fam and Jonah Coleman, obviously, we'll get to him. I would like to see Fam again get seven to eight to nine to ten touches per game because when he touches the ball, things happen. He's got a burst that nobody else on this team has. I also want him returning kicks. I don't want yeah. Cowing returning kicks. I don't know why he's doing that to even begin with. Have Fam do all of that stuff right there. I say free Fam. Yeah, I think when you have somebody like him who's as quick and elusive and all those things you just said, Mike, there's got to be a spot for him on the field. To me, um, it's returning kicks, especially cowing. I think he's already doing so much. And you saw today, I, I just think it was a, a mental fart or whatever you want to call it, running out of bounds there on the kickoff. But they they just have a couple of players, whether it's cowing or Wiley. And it seems like from a utilization standpoint, they just want to use those guys as much as possible when there's really no need to. You've got a bunch of guys to rotate. And I get in the backfield, it's hard to take carries away from somebody like Wiley when he's healthy. Hopefully he'll be okay. Um, but yeah, somebody like him, I think you can get involved in special teams. I think you can split him out. I think he's a, a great back, you know, after, after the catch, he can, he can get a lot of yards kind of like what Brad was alluding to there with the, the Niners offense. So there's, there's lots of ways and, and lots of different routes to go about how do you use these different guys? And, you know, I think as the season goes on, they're going to figure out how to do that. You can, and you know, what? if you're really worried about the ball control, here's what you do. You do what the U of A used to do. If they're punting from the 35 to the other, you know, 40, put cowing in inside the 20. If right. they're kicking from further back, put the speedster out there. Because remember, you used to do that with Ryan Eidson. He, he'd catch everything, anything punt that was going to be inside the 20, he'd field. And then it was either Steptoe or Thomas. I think it was Steptoe. Would be the guy who's fielding the punt at the 30 and try to make something happen. Uh, you you can do that with those two guys if you want. You know, if you're worried about them fumbling inside the 10, okay, don't let them feel punched inside the 10. You let Cowing do that. But, you know, go for broke a little bit when you're fielding a punt at the 35-yard line. All right. By the way, Ben White uh, just sent me a message. Very funny. The term is brain fart, not mental fart. But the only reason that I thought about that was because of the uh, because of the Del Taco question. How's Del Taco tonight? I have not had Del Taco today. I will not have Del Taco. I am going on a Del Taco fast for the next 24 hours. Somebody on Twitter had Del Taco yesterday, and uh, they were hating on it. I wasn't too happy well, about I'm that. I'm sorry. When Brian Peterson is eating Del Taco through a mask, it is going to affect the uh, caliber of the taste of the food. All the I'm sauce sorry. is going to get off all the juiciness, right? You're just yeah, you can't eat dry food patty through at that COVID point. mask. It doesn't work yeah. like that. So anyways, that BJP, that's a whole other story right there. Also, Shady Rays. Now, look at uh, look at uh, look at these two established young men right here. William Brad Alice and Ben One White. Both of these guys are awesome people and you can tell that they are cool people. And guess what? I guarantee you that they have Shady Rays somewhere in there. Check it out. Shady Rays. Now, let me find the uh, read right here. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHNX for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. All right. Um the uh, all right, I, I want to touch on fam. Or, that sounds terrible. I want to uh, I want to uh, discuss fam here just for a second, and then we're gonna get back to Jonah Coleman here because I think that there's something about it. I don't listen. This offense, for whatever reason, is not have a ton of explo explosivity. Is that a word? Explosivity? It can be. Um, it is now. It doesn't matter. 
but when you've got fam out there, that's the dude that again, you want him returning kicks. You need him in the backfield. Again, I say 10, I say 10 carries or 10 touches. Also, Jonah Coleman, Jonah Coleman's that dude. I get that Michael Wiley is solid. Totally get it. Jonah Coleman is somebody that I'd like to see start getting the ball 20 times a game. It won't happen. I get it because of all the backs. But Jonah Coleman is really, really good, fellas. Yeah. I mean, and so's Michael Wiley. Let's be honest. Wiley's a good back, too. Um, mm-hmm. That's why I think you got to find ways to get these guys the ball. And I'm perfectly fine. By the way, can we go? Did you see that catch? Coleman's catch on the sideline? That's yes. a ball throw. Yeah. That's a big he, – he's not tall, but that dude is thick. That's like a bowling ball going up and getting a ball way over his head. Get these Built guys, like William Brad Alice. He, he is built like I wish I was built back in the, oh, back Brad, in the day. Um, in fact, is he just a bigger version of work done? Maybe. Um, but, yeah, let's get these guys the ball in space. Let's pass to them. I like DJ Williams, too. I think he's okay. But those three guys you mentioned all need the ball more. Right. I would, uh, I would, I would tend to agree with that one right there now. Um, but it's a good thing to have right there. The offense, the offensive line, um, obviously we're happy to see our guy Polito in there. Hope everything's okay. He went down a few times right there. Um, but what I was also a little disappointed with is against Stanford. And again, I think it's going to be a little bit different moving forward if Noah Fafita is your starter, but this was also a game that I would have just liked to have seen the lines just beat Stanford up on because again, Stanford was not a, this is not your father's Stanford team. This is not your uh, older stepbrothers Stanford team. This is a bad Stanford team. I was hoping that Arizona was just going to be able to beat them up. Maybe they could have done that with Noah out there. I don't know, but that was a little bit of a drawback for me as well, fellas. Yeah. I think one of the challenges they had early on was establishing the run and I'm not going to say the offensive line had a bad game, but definitely a disappointing game compared to what they did the first three. Um, I just think that maybe at the line of scrimmage, that level of physicality from Stanford was a little bit better than they anticipated. And as a result, it it kind of threw their game plan out of whack, which is why you saw JDL resorting to throwing the ball so much um, on the zone, right? Obviously on the read, you, you make the wrong reads, right? And, and that's kind of what happens. The offense falls apart. Um, and then that's what you saw today, but for the most part, um, Arizona has better guys up front when they're healthy. The, the Polito injury sucks. I, I know he got going, he made his debut, but he had to come out a couple of times, but for the most part, you've got a really good foundation on both sides of those lines. Um, when everybody's in and playing now against Washington, will it matter much? Probably not against USC. Will it matter much? Probably not, but Arizona can win games at the line of scrimmage. And I guess what's refreshing about it is that's the first time you've been able to say that. And seems like quite a while. Do you worry about, um, and I'm having some people ask this. Um, what do you guys think if, if Jed fish were to start JDL next week, does he risk start? Does he risk to start losing the fan base? I don't think so. Um, Cause I think the average fan is still probably not out on him. But I think, yeah, again, if if Washington comes in and he can put up 28 on Washington and use 42-28 or something, then I don't think – but if he does what he did today and you're only putting up 10 to 14, then, yeah, I think the fans are going to be clamoring for Nora Fafita. 
Well, because yeah, the other thing too is that Noah. Let's. I mean, let's be honest here. And I, I realize that every, the backup quarterback is everybody's favorite person, but yeah. no, JDL's been bad this year. JDL was terrible against Mississippi State. Um, he was uh, awful in this game. Obviously, um, those are probably two games. Wasn't that good against NAU either. It wasn't good against NAU. Yeah, it wasn't good against NAU. He's been bad, and I think some at some point. You know, uh, people start wondering a little bit about accountability to a certain degree, because, again, I mean, uh, uh, and again, I'm a big fan of Jed Fish. I'm all in on Jed Fish. I'm just I'm just speaking on uh, on yeah. this one. It's but when you when you say that, well, you know, we can't play speedy or, you know, because he's got some fumbling issues or whatever. When JDL has been terrible for three and a half games, at some point you start wondering why is this guy not being held to the same account that anybody else on the team is granted. I know that it's a quarterback, but I still think that that's something that I think would probably rub some people the wrong way there. Ben one white. Well, we're getting to a point right in the season where you're going to play seven straight ranked teams, at least for the time being. So um, what we talked about earlier, right? Black and white. If there's an argument to be made either way, JDL is his guy. He's sticking with JDL. He's put a lot of work into JDL. But if JDL is literally losing you the game, then they're going to have to make a change. And I think it's different. I think with the Richrod situation, when you say the fans being out or turning against him, totally different situation because Richrod was on the hot seat at the time and um, somebody like Jed, obviously not in that situation. But I think the JDL thing is interesting. I think if he's healthy, will he probably start? Yeah, I think he will. Um, but will he be playing in the second half of that game? I'm not so sure about that. Yeah, Brad. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe he caught a break too. That uh, the injury is just bad enough, and you start Fafita, and you say we're just going to rest JDL. We want to make sure he's okay, 100. percent And then if Fafita goes out and balls out against Washington, then you got an easy transition um, with saving JDL some face. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I again, um, Jed Jed has done some things personnel wise that are baffling, and some that make perfect sense. And this, you know, so I just again. Gunnar Maldonado still out there. So I'm, I don't know. I'm reserving judgment on what Jed will do with, with personnel. Uh, yes. All right. Jacob, many people have asked if Keck is actually Jacob Franklin behind the scenes. Um, we can, we can assure you that Jacob Franklin is not Keck. Jacob Franklin, would you like to join the live stream right here? There is no reason that you cannot join the live stream. right I here. am. I am not Keck. I'm here at illegal Pete's. I comment from the PHNX account. So I am not Keck. Okay. That's why we call Jacob Franklin the leader of men right there. All right. Thanks, Jacob. You're dismissed. Um, now, back to the uh, back to the defense right here. We got to talk about it, though. Again, the D-line, we got to give Taylor Upshaw a lot of credit right here. This D-line is good, fellas. I mean, again, I don't know at what level good it is, but this defensive line is good. And um, it's been probably a long time since we've uh, been able to say that there, fellas. Smirk, smirk. Yeah, they are. And um Obviously, everybody wants size. That's the shiny object in the room. That's the the popular subject. Well, size, size, size. But you've got to have quality, too. Someone tried that a little bit towards the end, and you just got a bunch of big dudes in there that couldn't do a whole lot of anything. Um, guys that schools didn't want, grad transfers, et cetera. But when you've got guys like Big Bill Norton, I'll say it right this time for you, Mike. Thank Luke. you. All Big right, Bill Tony Norton. Clifton right in here. We missed Big Bill Norton. Yes. We did. We did. But when you guys got like him who come from Michigan, you've got other guys who come from viable options that you haven't seen in the past. Um, this is what you get. I mean, you get a defensive line that can make plays, that can put pressure on the quarterback. Today, I think the scheming was a little bit different. They were 
uh, more rushing three at times than they have, I think, throughout the first few games. But uh, this defensive line, point being, they can keep Arizona in games when the offense is in disarray like we saw today. And as long as they can keep them in games and hold their own, um, it makes you pretty confident about Arizona's chances against some of these opponents in the Pac-12 because you're going to need a lot of things to go your way. And this is the first time where you can look at this Arizona team and say, yeah, I'm not really worried about the defense. I went into the half of this game just collecting thoughts and talking with some people. Um, I know Gunner is a hot topic. I know the secondary is a hot topic. They could have played a little bit better. But uh, I was talking with somebody, and I just said, I'm not worried about the defense. I want to talk about this offense being stacked, and I want to talk about Who are you talking to, Ben? Be honest. Who are you talking to? Are you talking uh, to Jacob Franklin? Possibly uh, you, Mike Luke, or uh, one of the other three people uh, who we talk with throughout the game. Uh, You never know. But uh, point being, not worried about the defense, and that's a good thing. Right. Yeah, I think you you have to credit to the whole front six. Uh, The linebackers played well again, too. I think my dog is uh, moving around behind me. Um, You know, Flo had some moments. Manu had some moments. Uh, The front six is good. The young cornerbacks are talented, but they're going to have some growing pains, and we saw that a little bit today. The safeties are are still a big concern. But, yeah, that front six is solid. Um, You just have to make sure now, next week, that that back five is going to get tested because – Penix is really good. He's he can just be. They put up points and they they're talented, and they they spread the ball around too. It's not just one or two receivers, and they've got. It seems like they've got nine or ten of them. Uh, I know it's really not that many, but yeah, that Washington offense is really good. Irish Mike, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit here, Irish Mike. Now again, it's all relative, obviously. And Irish Mike, very good person, by the way. Um, I many people think I am Irish. I am not Irish, but my name is Mike. Um, I. I think it's impossible not to be impressed by the defense this year. I mean, uh, listen, Gunnar Maldonado stinks. We know that. Um, But other than that, the D line is much improved. The linebacking play has been linebacker play has been good. Um, The corners are good. I don't, I don't have much to nitpick now. Granted, against Washington, Washington's probably a national title contender, so I'm not going to really, you know, dispute yeah. that. But overall, if you were to tell me that this would be the defense through four games, I would ten thousand percent take this. And overall, I got to give the I got to give this unit an A grade right here, fellas. Yeah, I mean, I look at it; they're they've gone beyond what I thought they'd be this year, and I thought they'd be better. But they, you know, for the most part, they're not letting teams run all over them. They're not giving mm-hmm. up huge plays. And I know there were a few big plays tonight, and, and Stanford ran the ball better than the last few have. But this defense last year would have given up 200 yards on the ground to UTEP and given up probably 24 points. Right. Um, yeah. They didn't. So are they dominant? No. Is this the reincarnation of Desert Swarm? No. But it might be the reincarnation of some of those better Stoops defenses, which were very solid. Mm-hmm. Um, except if you had a mobile quarterback who could keep the play alive and then they were awful. But uh, no, it's a good defense. Is it a great defense? Not yet. No. But is it good enough that if Arizona becomes a B-plus offense, they're going to steal a few games? Yes. Uh, Look, are it, they going to win you a game by themselves? You're not going to beat someone 17-14, um, but you might be able to beat a pretty good team 28-24. Let me ask you this, and real quick, because I'm, I'm curious as to you guys' take on this, both because you're both smarter than me, obviously. Now, but first, no better time to become a PHNX diehard. Go to gophnx.com. 
listen, the great Anthony Jamino is in here writing stuff. Anthony, um, Anthony, that man of all seasons. Um, very good, though. Great writing, newsletters, all that stuff. You got discords. You got merch. You probably get a little bit closer to Jacob Franklin at the same time as well. Check it out, though. Go PHNX. No better time to become a, a diehard as well. By the way, you guys want to hear my uh, Anthony Jamino impression about uh, uh, the game today? This is very, very good. Uh, you'll like this. Well, it's really tough to take much away from it. You know, obviously the young man played well in Noah Fafita, but I also can't sit here and say that um, um, a quarterback change should be made because that would be wildly inappropriate on my part. But I do think that there's a lot of talent out there on the team, and I'm uh, excited and enthused to see what the possible next outcome would be. Um, but again, we can't really make any judgments on the season so far. Quote from Anthony Jamino right there. How good was that quote there, Ben One White? I think the end point is spot on, but I think the 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 lead up to that, you're doing Anthony a little dirty there. He's not that dry. <laughs> I'm just kidding with AG. Brad Alice, did you like this impression or not? It was fine. All right, fair enough. That's uh that's a if, fine enough. So Anthony, for those of you who've spoken with Anthony for Anthony doesn't have a very obvious thing about him. Um do I? You know, <laughs> fam, fam, Del Taco. No, you know, Sue end. and I have some very obvious uh, things. Uh, you know, our good friend Steve Rivera. You Rivera is very dry and monotone at times. Um, if you're going to do Ben, just do a Jeff Tate from Queensryche impersonation. <laughs> um, but Anthony, uh, with the occasional, he'll raise the voice a little. He's hard to impersonate. Um, I think it's easier to almost do him in print because he has a pretty unique writing style. But I think we've got other people on the the, the PHNX guest spot uh, that are easier to impersonate than Anthony right. Jamino. Let me ask you this, Brad. Is Arizona 4-0 if uh, Noah Fafita is the starter? Yay or nay? <laughs> Anthony probably, would not answer that question. Probably because I don't think they turn over the ball five times. Um, I'm not sure he makes as many big plays against Mississippi State, but he probably doesn't put Arizona in a hole either. Ben? Yeah, I would agree with that. And even if he doesn't make as many big plays, he's not in a position where he needs to make those plays because Arizona is able to to move the ball pretty effectively. See, that's the so. thing I keep coming back to. You have good players around here. You absolutely you. This isn't two years ago where you were throwing to uh, you know converted quarterbacks and you know the things like that. You have got players on there now that are NFL type guys. All right, Keck. By the way, Keck, I actually like you, but you know what? This is all nonsense right now. When you keep saying that Arizona at best is going to be four and eight or three and nine, there are wins to be had there, my friend. By the way, uh, we had somebody else in here that said um, and this was actually very, very good, where he said uh, Arizona is three and one since I became a PHNX diehard AZ Wildcat fan. We appreciate that right there. That is very, very good news. All right. Now, looking ahead to uh, wash, looking ahead a little bit to Washington, that's obviously going to be a very, very tough game for the University of Arizona. I will not pretend that it is not, um, but I will say this. Every now and then, Arizona does, and it happens every season, there's always one or two games where they're like an 85-point underdog, and they're somehow tied midway through the third quarter, and they're down three midway through the fourth. Could this possibly be the game? Washington? Yeah. Uh, no. Um, 
Oh, Definitely come on, not. Ben. I can tell you're on the fence about it. Come on. Let the inner Ben White come out. Definitely not. Maybe USC because we'll be there. Maybe USC. Right. right. For sure. All right. What do you what say you what say you, Brad Ellis? I'm still picking Washington to win the league. Uh, so I'll say no, I agree. I And I think I think Washington might be a more complete team than USC. Um, so I think I, I could see that. Arizona taking advantage of some defensive liabilities. Maybe even a guy who wore that uniform a year ago. Um, so I think they have. A, if they're going to steal a game it, uh, from one of the better teams, I think it's probably either USC or Utah, who didn't look great today. Um, yep. I just think I, I think Washington is is a maybe the best team in the Pac-12, and B just seems to be a matchup nightmare for Arizona. Right. Ben, Ben, you would do, Ben, you're generally the guy that calls for the upset. You uh, incorrectly thought the Colorado would beat Oregon. This did not occur. Oh, sure. But Ben One White, this is your chance. Are you calling the upset against Washington? I, I am not calling the upset against Washington. Our guy Chris Broussard, who was wrong about everything, he called for Colorado to beat Oregon, my friend. Chris Broussard, who also said that LeBron James would not be leaving Miami and would uh, be coming back. And I never apologized for that. All right. Now, um, by the way, uh, Lori Saldana. I like this. This is very good right here. Going to go celebrate this win at the candy store. Is the candy store uh, still open, Brad Ellis? I don't know. (laughs) I I just wanted wanted to ask you about that. I'm an old man with kids. All right. Now I'm let's assuming, talk- and I'm not even sure what the I'm assuming the candy stores has nothing to do with candy, or <laughs> uh, or I'm assuming there may be a girl named Candy there, but right. I have no idea. You know, what do we think about the DBs outside of Gunnar Maldonado? Are we okay with everything we've seen so far this season? They're fine. They're not great, but they have the potential. I think Prysock and Takario Davis have the chance to be a really good duo a year from now. Um, it's it's a good unit. It's not a great unit, but Again, no one's really, they're not giving up big plays in that, in, in man-to-man coverage. Usually the big plays are those, they take advantage of the zone. Someone misses a tackle, someone slips and falls. And, uh, you know, so I, I'm not worried about, are they great? No. But are they talented? Yes. Ben they're young too. Yeah, they're young. They're young. They're talented. They've got upside. And the defensive line helps them out too. Because when you're able to stop the run, when you're able to get pass rush, you're not putting them in such vulnerable positions like we saw with Sumlin and Richrod, where a lot of these DBs, some of them had talent, but they just had absolutely no chance because opposing teams were just chugging the ball down the field left and right. Um, I think they'll be okay. Um, somebody like Isaiah Taylor is getting his rotation. I think he could turn into something maybe. Um, I, I'm not too worried about it. The only the only glaring red flag, like you've talked about, Mike, is Maldonado because he's just flat out giving away plays and giving away touchdowns and giving away points for the other team. But outside of that, there's nobody where you look at them and say, yeah, they're a liability. Right. Oh, by the way, one of these super chats. We like these super chats. Keep them coming here. $2 super chat for the candy store right there, right there. Maybe get some sugar at the candy store. Check it out. We can share that with our buddy Brad Alice. He can go after the show. I was going to say, don't act like Brad isn't leaving his uh, the the haunted Marana to go down to the candy store off of. uh, Oh, Mike, can you rap? Jacob Franklin, this is all right. All right. Going to do it. I'm gonna, what should, who should I rap today? Cause I'm a very good rapper. All right. I'm going to do, you know what? I'm going to do Eminem. I'm usually doing bone thugs or two. That was going to be my request. I'm, Eminem. 
I'm going to do Eminem right here. His palms are sweaty for mom's spaghetti. There's vomit on his sweater already. Mom's spaghetti. He's nervous and ready, but when he looks, he sees mom's spaghetti. I can keep going about mom's spaghetti. How good was that? It's the effort that counts. That was um, very that good. That sounded like shoe. That sounded that like shoe trying to rap. Or it's the thuggish, ruggish bone. All right. Very, very Mike, good. Mike, you there, are the here. gutter Maldonado of white boy rap. Rap. <laughs> no, I'm very, I'm very, very good. Jacob Franklin is laughing behind the scenes right there. Um, all right. Now. But is he laughing uh, oh. with you? Or oh, no, no. This is very good. I People have never liked my singing or my rapping. I don't understand. All right. OGs, real quick. You might have just heard all this nonsense and said, man, I need some OGs right here. You're correct. Here, That was the segue right there. Now, check out our friends at OGs Brands for yourself and try one or a few of their many delicious flavors. Check them out across all socials at OGs Brands and online at OGsBrands.com. To find them at a local dispensary near you, you must be 21 years or up to enjoy real responsibly okay um now um all right his palms are sweaty all right now let's talk a little bit before we sign off here overall i think this is almost the game that needed to happen um again uh and again jdl is not a bad quarterback per, uh, for sure and you know what he's college kid obviously um so we're just talking about strictly on the field right here but I do believe that it was no, I do believe that it should be Noah Fafita's time. And if this was the game that really needed to happen, I think that this was a good, uh, this is a good move for uh, the U of A right here. Um, ben one white, Brad Alice, what say you? Yeah. I mean, you may, you may look back and this may be the game where either Arizona goes to a bowl or they don't. And it's because of this game and what happens. Um, obviously disappointing the way that it played out. Um, you should be beating Stanford a lot more than you did today. But again, um, sometimes when a guy gets injured, it's another guy's opportunity. And if Fafita can kind of ride that hot hand, um, it'll be interesting. I think we'll learn more as the week goes on in terms of how serious the injury is. Uh, if JDL is able to go, my prediction is that he will go against Washington. He'll play in the first half. He'll get his opportunity. But if they're in a situation where they're flat out being held back because of him, or they're not in the game mostly because of him, I could see them definitely turning back to Fafita or vice versa. If JDL is hurt, you ride with Fafita, you ride with the hot hand and the coaching staff kind of just goes, well, there's nothing we can do. The guy's playing well. So it, to me, this really could be the, the turning point or the storyline of the season. And you just hope Arizona finds a way to come out on top. You hope they find a way to get it together, especially from an offensive standpoint, thought the defense played well, a little shorthanded tonight. There are some things to clean up, but this game, as boring and as painful as it was to watch, it could it could look back and we could turn back and it could be a very eventful matchup for sure. Brad Alice. Yeah, I, 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 we're going to find out one way or another whether this was the game that told us that Arizona's just not as good as we thought they were and this is what Arizona is or it's going to be the game that springboards them to something and they say, okay, we got away with one. We survived. That we did hear what we could not do in Starkville. Um, so I, I don't, and I don't know which way it is. It could be, this could be the final, maybe this is the game that kicks JDL in the butt and he comes out and he's an more and I efficient would quarterback. I would gladly or it's the beginning of the Fafita era. And, and sure. again, so I think, yeah, I think this is an important game. Unfortunately, I just don't know which way it goes. 
I would gladly sit here if he drops for or if uh, uh, Jaden Delora drops 500 yards and eight touchdowns against Washington State. I will gladly have an entire post game show making fun of myself in the process right there. So again, this is all about getting back at me. I would love to be the jester in all of this. All right, now, um, Rook, uh, but we're still going bowling. I don't care what anybody says. We're Arizona's not losing the next seven games. All right, now. We got to bring Jacob Franklin in here real quick because Jacob Franklin was the one that said that he wanted me to rap. This is true, Jacob yeah, Franklin. It is true. I said that I want, it, it was in the comments. Literally, everybody could see it, Mike. What did you uh, What did you think about my performance right here? Did I step up to the plate? Um, it was a little more undisciplined than USC's being right now. Six penalties for 35 yards in the first quarter. That's why we call Jacob Franklin the GOAT. Jacob, we appreciate you, man. All right. Oh, no, we don't need any USC ASU updates. <laughs> all right, everybody. Um, all right, we're going to sign off here. I'm going to get some cool shorts coming out of this, though, tomorrow. Now, lots of spaghetti for sure, mom's spaghetti. But for the great Ben White, for the illustrious Brad Alice, for the incredibly tall Jacob Franklin, I am the short Mike Luke. I'll tell you what, we will be back with you coming up. Appreciate all of you on here making this uh, chat all about you guys, or all about you guys, making it, uh, helping us be better than we should. Even you, Keck. All right, on that note, we'll be back with you. You have been listening to the AZ Wildcats postgame.